0: History is made by the Republic of Ireland. I'm honestly speechless. I mean, we're going to a World Cup, but it's what dreams are made of. For all the best reaction to the girls in green qualifying for the World Cup, subscribe to the OTB football podcast stream now.
1: OTB
2: AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Lobbs Razor with Exfoliating Bar. A uh, somewhat incredible night in the Champions League, particularly from Mo Salah, who had a hat-trick off the bench for Liverpool last night. And maybe he's back and all is right in the world and there's no better place than Ibrox to go if you want to get right. They won 7-1 after um, a fairly mundane first half in that game. Napoli continued to be the best team in world football at the moment, uh, beating Ajax 4-2 last night. Uh, Madrid and Brugge drew nil all. Leverkusen were beating 3-0 at home by Porto in that group. Barcelona and Inter played out a very controversial but brilliant 3-all draw. <clears throat> that was a count now. And uh, Bayern Munich are on the verge of um, winning that group. Uh, with a 4-2 win uh, in that game. Am I right about that? I am. Yeah, Bayern Munich have essentially won that pretty much at this stage. Now, it is 7.31. I'm delighted to say Graham Hunter is with us straight off the bat this morning. Graham, good morning to you. How are you? Double G, grand. We are looking forward to the first Classico of the season at the weekend. And um, it's hard to know what the truth is about these two teams at the moment. Is it fair to say there's still a little bit of diesel in the tank for both of them?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's hard to, to know the truth at all. I, I mean, I, let your, uh, I like your allusion to the fact that neither of them look or feel exactly like we've become accustomed to over the last 20 years, if that's what you're getting at. Madrid, it's very easy to categorise, Jared. They're not hugely different from the net that they were in at this stage last year. There are one or two new participants, if you want to look at it that way, in that Camavinga's getting a little bit more game time and Chalmene, if, if listeners, to our viewers, to off the ball at breakfast time, haven't really seen Chalmene playing for Deschamps France or um, anchoring the midfield for Monaco. Uh, prior to that, Bordeaux. He's strolled into this team in many aspects. In the centre of the midfield, playing what Casemiro used to. And there are things that he does that make you think this, this guy is going to be Dominant and special and inspirational in central midfield. But there are very clear-cut things that he can't do yet at Casemiro. And that comes with experience. The kid's 22, which now, because we've got Tyros everywhere playing at 16, 17 and 18, 22 seems geriatric, obviously. But from my school of things, when you're 22 and you're going to the most um, high-pressured team in the world and you can throw other names, but they won't they'll bounce off me, it's Madrid... Um, and you play like him, then it's extremely promising. It doesn't mean that there aren't flaws. And that means that when you get Tony Cross and, and Luka Modric rested, and when you get Benzema out for nearly a month, he's played two matches in five weeks, then you begin to see, and Courtois, the best keeper in the world again, you know, you can throw candidates at me, but over the last 20 months or so, Courtois has been the best keeper in the world. There's been little glitches, and Madrid are a team that save their energy for the really big shows. Uh, we saw that last year against Chelsea and Manchester City and Paris Saint Germain, in particularly the Champions League, not so much La Liga. So I think categorising Madrid is, is not difficult at all. One of the new faces, Rudiger. Again, if you didn't see the way in which he equalised in the 95th minute putting everything, life and limb, um, on the line to, to head home and losing half his face, being stitched up, emergency stitched up in the dressing room and flying home with half of his face covered in bandages. I think that was a pretty iconic image of what it means for a newcomer to arrive at Madrid and say, I want my place, and I want my place particularly for the classical. And luckily, the, the sacrifice he made, there probably means that Rudiger doesn't play the classical this weekend. That was one hell of a knock.
2: Um, that's interesting so what we're saying really is that if we didn't know about Real Madrid's ability to uh, pace themselves properly you might be a little bit concerned about some bits and pieces here but because we've seen this movie they're actually it sounds like in a great place at the moment
1: as long as they keep doing what they've always done which is like uh, Pavlovian the bell rings and they're hungry Uh, a big team comes or they're facing a big time home the team home are away and Modric will just be magical again at 37 or Benzema will do something extraordinary, about to turn 35 in December. So it's all right to question them. It's all right to say, how long can you keep fighting like Jake LaMotta or Rocky Marciano? Because that's kind of what they do. They're like, oh, look, they do- oh. Oh, they're off the ropes. There's one, two, bang, down again. Eventually, in all sports, when you play like that, it catches up with you because hunger changes or personnel Loose sharpness or or age rusts you. I don't think it's yet for Real Madrid, not at all. And one of the things that might make you scratch your chin if you've either got, you know, your pocket money riding on Real Madrid or if, you, if you're a Real Madridista and you want to lord it over the Catalans when they come to a beautiful Santiago Bernabeu, which isn't finished yet and they have, they've they messed up a little bit on the pitch and the roof isn't fully installed yet. But you want to see what it's like, Jared. It's utterly... Um, listen, if anybody's got... A couple of quid to spend over the winter. Get yourself some tickets for the Bernabeu. Get to see Real Madrid. Look at the stadium; it's utterly mental. Um, the, the, the worrying things will be: Will Courtois be fit? He's had a back problem, sciatica. Benzema has been back, but not uh, ultra sharp. And Ancelotti himself. You don't need me; I'm just relaying what Ancelotti says. Really, that they lack defensive intensity across the pitch. So, there's the real possibility that we get another goal fest. Only five out of the last ten um, Clasicos both teams have scored. Um, I'm counting Liga Clasicos. In the last two Clasicos, Madrid and the Clasicos, Madrid haven't scored at all. Barcelona won them both. Once 4-0 at the Bernabeu back in spring. Once in Las Vegas. Clasico in Las Vegas. Rafinha's goal. Hello, Leeds fans, won that one. So, uh, Madrid are in a position whereby they should start
0: as favourites. But it's the Clasico and you never damn well know. Anything can happen. And Graeme, you, you kind of... Uh... You hinted at it in your, in your piece on ESPN this week and you're kind of contrasting the fortunes of Vinicius and uh, Dembele. And look, Dembele scored a goal last night, but uh, overall, I guess, his, his form has been fairly inconsistent. Like, What, what do you put that down to? Because it's, it's quite an interesting strand, what's happened since that 4-0 game you mentioned back in March uh, and now.
1: Yeah, look, uh, um, he, he scored last night, but he, he also messed up repeatedly. He did that thing about, you know, he's got the... Um, he's got the technical and athletic talent of a genius and he's got the brain of a guy who likes to play with Lego. Uh, and that's a horrible thing to watch in any athlete, male or female in any sport. You're like, go on, do it, do it. Oh, sure. And albeit that he was offside late on, there was a wonderful move where Boston ripped yeah. rip into, into, the game is seesaw. It's a, it's a really beautiful game. It's the reason the Champions League exists. It was magnificent to be there last night and, and Inter were shrewd and clever. But then Dembele bursts through. It's on a break. And Ansu Fati is to his right. Then Dembele just holds so that two men come to him. Ansu's on his own. And then Dembele still tries to beat the two men and shoots it to the side of the net rather than squaring to Ansu. And in the end, the, the pass that sets him free by Lewandowski is utter black magic. It's unbelievable how we conjured that up from such a distance. Dembélé's offside by half a metre. It's a kush, it's a cool decision, kosher decision. But there you saw the brain. The brain was got just, it, not all the wires go together. But I think you can, like Xavi, for example, was asked in the press conference last night after the match, don't you think Dembélé has got to score more? I totally agree, I totally agree. Now, Xavi has been the one that's fought to keep him at the club, when no team in world football really wanted Dembele when he was in a free this summer, Xavi still persuaded the board to treat him as if he was a special footballer because hidden in there somewhere, there is a special footballer. But all the wires don't... And Vinicius is different when he arrived at Madrid. The contrast I was trying to make is that when he arrived at Madrid, people, I think rashly, and I, sh- I shouted and screamed, as you both know i want to do, Pretty much from the start that they were judging him badly, that he needed a bit of patience. And now, lo and behold, he's a potential Ballon d'Or winner. He's extremely good. It's not just talented. He looked raw. He looked like a ball juggler. People said show pony. He learned. He listened. You know, instead of a video, I, I said in the piece that you're talking about, I said, Chavi could well do with giving a DVD of Vinicius to de Dembélé. It's giving a DVD of The Process, I should have said, because they've they've, they've given him tuition, Big players have taken him aside because in good training grounds, it isn't just what the coach and his assistants do. So Modric and Benzema, particularly, Casimir to some extent, have given Vinicius tuition over the months and he's soaked it all up. He still does things that are a little bit irritating. Now he's trying to play referees and play the crowd when he's got such an array of talents, those things aren't necessary. But the change in him, the way in which he's gone, I hear you, I'll do that. Oh, look, everything's better. Contrasts really brutally and starkly with Usman Dembele. But uh, but, yeah, I don't know why I didn't score. I don't know why I didn't pass. Don't expect me to learn. It's it's pretty sad to watch that. But football and and Dembele being what they are, he just needs a little click. and, And on Sunday, he could run the whole game.
0: You maybe wouldn't give him a, a, a cassette tape or a DVD of uh, the last couple of Classicals. Like, as you mentioned, Real have failed to score in the last 180 minutes. Uh, and, yeah. and you referenced in the piece, though, like Vinicius, uh, Xavi has almost always in the last couple of games deployed Araujo as, as someone to essentially man-mark him. He won't be around for, for Sunday. So maybe that, that spells a bit of danger for Barca and Vinicius could have a field day.
1: Well, look, for my taste of enemies thinking about should I tune in on Sunday afternoon, do because there's talent all over the pitch they really don't look at each other the two teams and it's extremely rare one of the things that elevates this as a fixture again in any sport but certainly in football is that it's extremely rare that you don't get a high tension very exciting high quality game often controversial not all football matches are guaranteed to give you that this one doesn't one of the reasons is exactly what you said Araujo moved from centre half to right back it's been a really good battle it isn't that he's had finishes in his pocket it's that he's Dulled the impact that Vinicius can have. And as Barcelona got on top in the first class, in the second class goal of the season um, at Bernabeu last season, they won 4 0. You could see Vinicius's gas going down. In the classical in Las Vegas, again, it was very successful by, by Araujo, but he was fitter than Vinicius because Madrid had done less training and hadn't played any friendlies. 4 0 at the Bernabeu, 1 0 in Vegas. And it was a battle on its own. It was a battle where you could tune in, going like, I'm interested in the result. I'm interested to see how Benzema cops. This is Lewandowski's first proper classical. Um, But Vinicius against Araujo is a one-on-one battle for the ages. And because they're both young, we've got this for seasons to come. And it's one of these narratives that develops into a Gulf Stream that, that fills and heats the whole ocean. So it's a shame for the neutrals that we won't see that battle. But the risk factor is... Jules Koundé um, wasn't supposed to be fit for this. He's made accelerated progress in training. Xavi said, I'm optimistic. There's a right good chance that Jules Koundé, just back from injury, gets thrown on against Vinicius, who'll try to twist him this way and that, and sprint him. Now, that will be a battle. And like you said, it's the right word. That will be a risk. And if it's not Koundé, Vinicius will be rubbing his hands in glee and going, I can have all of those other guys on toast.
2: press oh, it. it. Barcelona's defensive record in La Liga so far this season is <clears throat> incredible. One goal conceded in, in 8 games. Uh they have conceded loads of goals in the Champions League. So are they defending really well? Is there uh is there a mixture here? Is something is the, is the truth more the Champions League than the La Liga form?
1: Yeah, there's a there's a bit of a hybrid in that they were defending slightly better when they had Araujo and Kounde in their team because they're both absolutely excellent, young, vibrant, quick, intelligent Adapting to one another, adapting to being changed between right centre back and a defensive three and a defensive four, or at right back, those provisos, But with them in the team, Barcelona were defending a little bit better. Overall, they're very open. Um, they don't hold possession anymore. I asked Chabi last night. You, you well, two of the this, this main pieces of your armoury over the last twenty years have been in long periods of possession. They were nearly 50-50 with Inter last night. They regularly now lose possession battles against teams. So if you don't hold the ball, the, the ball comes at you more. That exacerbates defensive flaws. And the other thing is this automatismos, where they played really quick passes intelligently. Bang, 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 three, four passes, and the opponents are lost. Now, when you don't do that, again, the ball comes at you all the time. Javi is rotating... Footballers, he's had injuries to deal with, and he's been unsure which is his best system. So, frankly, no, they're not defending well, not at all. There are several La Liga games where they can, could have conceded three or four. In each, in most of those, they would have still had they converted their chances. In this hypothetical world, you build what if they'd have scored more, but no. Mark Andre ter Stegen in the La Liga has saved nineteen of the twenty efforts on goal against him and it's been that that saved Barcelona from a very embarrassing start to the season so no they're not defending well and yes by and large the Champions League is the right thermometer of uh, Barcelona's security at the back
2: Is there concern amongst the Barcelona fans pardon me that that Xavi doesn't know his best system just yet or is that actually is that just part of the evolution and that's how football is going you can't just have one system where you're like okay I'm going to be in the style of Pep and my philosophy is going to sweep all before us that actually there's a bit of doubt in Javi's mind. It, is that a positive or is it a bit of a negative that he still hasn't got to that point where he fully understands this is the, who the identity of this team and everybody who plays in it is going to be?
1: I think, I think Jerry, if there isn't concern, there should be because in spring, when he took over last November, so we're approaching the one year anniversary, he took over a, a side which in an off the record briefing, he told about n- nine or ten of us. And it was a desert as far as the ideas he'd grown up with, that everything had regressed, that timekeeping was poor, training was slack. And therefore, you know, the, the job he had to do was far bigger than he imagined. And, and if you look back or think back to the football that the team played once they got his ideas from January to about April when they ran out of steam athletically, it was stunning. They, they whipped Atletico by four. They whipped Athletic by four. They whipped Napoli by four. They whipped Madrid by four. And generally, they were very quick, very exciting when the system flourished. This season, they, 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 they don't do the things that were iconic in the teams that Xavi grew up in. They don't do the things that were important in those months when Xavi's first half season looked as if it was going to flourish and promised so much for this is that to do with injuries is it to do with new players I'm not sure but they don't resemble a Barcelona side and haven't done for three or four games and even when they've been winning you're like that's a really strange way for a Barcelona team to play particularly one under Xavi it's new there are two very young players that are key a 17 year old and a 19 year old in Gavi and Pedri they're exceptional but there's still an awful lot of learning they're both tremendously slight and small Therefore, Barcelona do get bullied enough a lot. Barcelona athletically aren't as strong as some teams that that put a heavy premium on can we out-jump you, can we outrun you? And at the moment, given that Barcelona don't have a prime PK and a prime Messi or a prime Eto or a prime Iniesta or prime Busquets, that Barcelona even at the very best they always found that a test. You know we can jump higher than you. We can knock you over. We can outrun you. Javier, is prime said, if we go one nil down, a team like that at his playing prime, I mean, he said we get nervous. So right now they're not in that nick. They don't have such good footballers. So it might be that this is very fledgling. It might be that they're in a bambi state rather than outright getting it wrong. Might be. But it's it's a very odd situation right now. And and the fact that they're leaders going into this Glasgow and that all the dialogue last night was about, we'll go leaders. We want to come away from the Bernabeu's leaders. Yeah, fine. But there there are deeper rooted problems to do with this stage of the evolution of the team under Xavi
2: it's funny because like the, the, this week you could look at the European results and go <clears throat> "Oh, this is all set up on a bit of a knife edge they're two teams at similar stages of development but from what you're saying Real Madrid are going to be very confident and comfortable with their scenario whereas there's you know, the usual self-doubt from a team that hasn't been at that champion level just recently uh, in Barcelona
1: oh but the, oh, the contrast is stark yeah, and it's set up nicely but for if, if you'll pardon me, a different reason, you know, Carlo Ancelotti is about to overtake Alex Ferguson's record as the the man with the most match wins in the Champions League, and you know he's he's lifted the Champions League as a as a trophy as a coach in different clubs. Um, he's on the point of retiring, and and Chabi's in his first full season at a senior club as a coach. Sorry, Qatar, but I'm but you know that's a fact, and. Barcelona, in terms of personality, are still worrying about what happens when Busquets isn't so relevant. Where are we post-Messi? Why are, why haven't we got a player who can put a sticking back plaster on all, the, on, on all the problems? They're still in a club, not just in search of money to solve the debt problem, but they're still a club in search of an identity. And, and Xavi is very new in his project. So I think that they're fundamentally different from Real Madrid where They've kept cross and they've kept Modric and Militao now looks like a veteran and Alaba's brought experience last season, Rudiger this season, Benzema and Vinicius as a partnership. As a partnership, produced 111 goals and assists last season alone. 111 between the two of them. It's not bad. And they didn't even use to speak. And this season, Dembele's given... Um, Lewandowski, one goal assist and hasn't scored himself domestically and until last night hadn't scored at all. The contrasts are gigantic, Jer. but you've spent your life on off the ball talking about this, football, and the Glasgow means that no matter how you go into this,
0: any kind of result could be spewed out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one now on, on Sunday afternoon. You've, you've whetted the appetite, Graham. Um did want to ask you about um, Iker Casillas and Carlos Puyol. Um Fairly damaging tweet from from Iker Casillas, and uh, look, he's he's come out and said that that his account was hacked, which is unfortunate for him. Uh, I don't know what Carlos Puelo's excuse is, but uh, damaging to the LGBT community for sure. Um, just interested to see what the the reaction has been over in Spain to to this news, Graham. Um, can I put myself in the firing line, which is a stupid thing to do
1: because uh, it's not what you asked me over here. There was initial coverage in that news flurry way. But it's, it's caused me to stop and think a little bit because initially, when it came out, I saw what Ika Casillas was doing. I don't think he was hacked, in my opinion. And given my age and my background, I thought, okay, there's a little joke at the expense of the tabloids and the photographers and the rubbish that's spoken about Ika Casillas. There's a little joke that hasn't done damage. Um, to the to the gay community, to the LGBTQ community, because when I was growing up and in, and, in, and in my professional working lifetime, it was unthinkable that a massive male superstar could use the word gay about himself. I thought initially, well, it, it's maladroit, but this doesn't do any harm. And that shows the bubble I live in and the age I'm at and and how I needed to stop and think and react. And Spanish media, just again, to answer your question, I haven't really done that at all. But to have... um, I I felt that Puyol and Casillas were joking about that in in a non-ultra-macho-masculine way, which is what I grew up about, where if you used those terms, they were pejorative, they were derogatory. And I didn't think that either of them did so. Now... If once you're educated, which you won't be by the Spanish media in, in large terms, there are individual pockets of modern common sense. I forgot about the fact that in my where I work, where I meet many uh, men and women who are gay, and it, it's just a simple fact of life. And nobody would be prejudiced against them, or nobody would react badly against them. Everybody would, or the majority of people I work with I know, would encourage them. To come out and we'd all treat them exactly like anybody else. I forgot about scared people. I forgot about young people who might think that that was a put down. And I think that was the tone of your question. So I, I found it, you know, salutary. Um, I still think that some of the vehemence about the subject what um, should have been about the vehemence of some of the bigots' reactions. Um and and again, in my opinion, if, if the lawyers are worried, I wish that Ika Casillas had had taken better advice and said, Alison, no, I am sorry, and did what Puyol did and said that was maladroit, I apologize. Now Ika did say, you know, I've been hacked, but all the same apologies to the LGBTQ community. However, I've I've found it salutary and found it interesting that um I, I it. it it, it was a lesson learned for me um, not to forget that, that there are still people within society or sport who might be scared to be ridiculed, scared to come out and, and they shouldn't be. And I had assumed that we'd begun to move in, in our world and in, in the, this bubble of the world that you two and I and the listeners exist. In. And I, I genuinely thought things had, had changed and improved whereby you you could experiment with humour like that because it wasn't pejorative. And it seems that, that I was wrong on that and Cassius was wrong on that. But there was a stage when I was growing up or, or beginning as a journalist where phrases like that would have been taken as, well, this is bringing the subject out into the open and this is, you can tell from their tone that it's not meant to be aggressive or a put down. And therefore, if that phrase becomes mainstream, then it, it's it's opening things up. and And that's not the way that the majority of people who campaign on behalf of that community saw this, so it's been salutary. It was clearly at best maladroit and at worst a mistake, a, a, a very poor mistake. But it, it's it's interesting. I, I'm not certain how much damage has been done, other than to Icarius himself. In my in my again in my opinion, but you asked, and it's been a subject that's been on my mind over recent days an, an awful lot. And maybe people will think I've been boorish or foolish there, but think in order to, to further the debate a little bit of honesty was merited there if you're having me on the radio I should probably own up to
2: mistakes I think it's all fair enough Graham uh, to be honest 100% I have one last uh, question for you the, the Mbappe situation presumably is causing a lot of people to be interested in in. <clears throat> I mean, we were kind of thinking the, the world order is set Mbappe's in PSG Haaland is where he is you know, Karim Benzema is at a certain age. Is is all of a sudden 300 million the type of thing that Real Madrid do? Yeah, we can do that. Why not? We'll get the money back.
1: He, he, uh, well, they have to outbid Liverpool, according to <clears throat> the, 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 the drum roll in the media. Look, here I go again. Um, because, you know, I've got no doubts whatsoever that some of the headlines that you read, some of the columnists and the vituperation, I should probably ignore. But I've really hated seeing the outpouring of anger and disrespect for Mbappe without him having spoken. Was there a briefing? Yeah. Is he within his rights to say last summer, no, I'm staying and then get ticked off with something and then want to go? I think he is within his rights. And until he eventually speaks about it, I won't judge him in that condemnatory way, which has been a really big part of the last couple of days, a really big part. In, in greedy terms, I would I would give almost everything to see Mbappé playing in La Liga. I I know that the, the debate about him and Haaland is one that well, we've been speaking about for a couple of years now. And it, although Haaland is a phenomenon, it pleases my eye more to watch Mbappé. That doesn't matter, I cost really in general. I think Mbappé is almost being underappreciated, undervalued. His... Ability, his athleticism, his his from the outset of his career, his ability to shoulder pressure. The fact that as a youngster he was pivotal in winning the World Cup, and the fact that there are massive, uh, far away boundaries for him to reach playing in in a better club in a better than Paris Saint Germain, and I mean those words. Better constructed squad with with much smarter, more experienced footballers than he's got around him as the general squad without a manager in and out every year on the whim of the owners. I want Mbappe to lead Paris Saint-Germain. No question. so that where he goes, best of luck to him and his team and how they choose it. But he's sensational. And he shouldn't exist only in the is he better or is Haaland better? Mbappe is a gift from the heavens to all of us who love this sport. He's utterly remarkable. He's beautiful to the eye to watch. You know, bring it on, yeah, let him leave. Let that be a lesson to Paris Saint-Germain about how they improve, how they change their outlook, how they sign, how they develop, how they treat star players. And, and yeah, for my taste, please don't go to the Premier League. Please come to La Liga. I don't care if you play for Villarreal or Real Sociedad or Real Madrid, but come over here. That man is is the reason, another little microcosm, of the reason that we love football.
2: Great. Brilliant as ever. Thanks a million. Cheers. OTB.